Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Whitten and Leah Follett. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas, as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Whitten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking, and today I have with me an experienced GAPS practitioner from Sydney, Shalani McRae. Hi, Shalani. Hi, Jo. I hope I said your name right. You did. Oh, good. (laughs) Beautiful name. Um, Do you want to just explain a little bit about what you do? Because I know that um, it's not just GAPS practitioner work. It's a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I, um, I, I did my training just as a hobby, actually, when my children started school. I was always interested in natural health. Prior to that, I had been in early childhood. I'd be, I'd studied education early childhood education, so as a preschool teacher. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to do nursing in the university system, so I got a degree in applied science there. And then um, I had my children and they started school. And I, and I think something happens to you when you have children anyway, that yeah. you start to take an interest in what you're putting in their bodies, what you're putting mm-hmm. in your own. Um, it changes everything, so doesn't it? It does, it does. <laughs> And so I, uh, and on top of that, I'd also, I have um, a son, he's my youngest, he's 22, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a lot of issues from the time he was born. He was born early and then he had loads of antibiotics and he was um, loads of um, respiratory type infections and new infections and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he was just always sick with mm-hmm. respiratory things. We were racing to hospital all the time. Like my husband learnt to pack a bag for, for us because we'd go to the paediatrician and she'd say, nope, can't go home, straight to hospital. Oh, or infects, antibiotics and, you know. So he was, um, and so he had a few issues uh, health-wise, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah. So I, I, I guess I was thinking, you know, there must. Be, oh, well, by the time he was five, he was resistant to all the normal antibiotics. Wow. So yeah. So um, so yeah. I, that that was sort of playing on my mind. So I went and started studying. Um, I thought, oh, I'll study naturopathy, but I just did each segment. You know, the nutrition. Yeah. Um, herbal medicine, whatever, one at a time and got a good grounding in them. And then from there it just became, you know, once you start studying nutrition, everyone starts to ask questions. The next thing I knew I had a practice (laughs) (laughs) and had a career and, you know, person who just wanted to get married and have children and was quite happy. (laughs) That's funny. So, yeah. And so I mainly have been um, 
Uh, so I just was mainly seeing just, you know, all sorts of clients as, as a nutritionist or would do. And then um, I, I got, I took my son to a naturopath because, uh, because of all these, these problems. Mm. And she got, um, was the first one to talk really about gut health in a different way, even different to how I had taught, been taught it. Mm -hmm. And um, we still didn't know about the microbiome and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but she did t talk to me about different bacterias and giving him probiotics and things like that. And so we started doing that and he really started to improve. Mm -hmm. And then I started implementing a few things, like I did my own research, implemented it with a few clients with really good results. Yeah. And then Gut came along. Um, it turns out that Dr. Natasha's son, who um, was diagnosed on the spectrum, is the same age as my son. They're both 22. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So um, when she released the book, she uh, it was... I'd, I'd sort of been dabbling in it for a, a couple of years mm -hmm. um, and read the book and it just crystallised everything. It made yeah. sense. It put everything together of what I'd been dabbling in. Mm -hmm. And um, so when I got the opportunity to do the training, I jumped at, at that and, and applied because you can't just say you want to do it. You have to apply and, and meet certain criteria. Mm -hmm. And so that was wonderful. And we spent nearly a week with Dr. Natasha from like long, long hours, long, long days mm. uh, because there's a lot to learn and it's still yeah. only a, a tiny um, dent mm. until you get into practice. And, um, yeah, so from there... I've been doing increasingly more because as GAPS has become more um, more recognised and we, we're understanding more about the microbiome and, and what Hippocrates said over 2,000 years ago, all disease begins in the gut. Yeah. Um, obviously more and more people are approaching me for more GAPS-related things. I'm seeing a lot more children on the spectrum and, um, and a lot more adults too who have just struggled for most of their lives with various issues and some who haven't struggled most of their lives and something's happened all of a sudden because, you know, I think there's a compounding issue as well mm. and then, you know, something stressful happens and or it's just that one, one too many doses of antibiotics or whatever. Yeah. So what... Um, when you do your appointments, are they mostly in person or do you have Skype appointments as well? Oh, I have Skype. I've got clients all over the world. <laughs> wow. Oh, really? Yeah. I've been known to get up at 4.30 in the morning for a, a client in New York. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've, there's been a lot of questions on my Facebook pages about GAPS and right. obviously because people are like, well, what is she doing? What's this weird thing she's doing? You know, it's been a year. That we've been working on it, and mm -hmm. so I thought, well, I mean, I'm, I'm I only know our little tiny bit of experience, and it's totally different than a lot of people's. Especially, we haven't had anaphylactic allergies, we haven't had anything like that. For us, it was more um, the OCD for my son mm -hmm. and um, candida, and uh, you know, different things that we'd noticed, um, food intolerances. Um, you know, getting colds and getting sick all the time. Yeah. So we thought, well, we'll just all do it. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of people with really tricky questions. So thank you so much for coming to, on today to answer some of our questions. Oh, well, I'll try. <laughs> and whatever. whatever. So every day I'm learning more. Yeah, well, that's it. And we can only try. But if there's something you don't know, we've got to get Natasha on here sometime. She said she would come on. So right. we'll give her the really hard ones. <laughs> um. Some people have asked, um, does everybody benefit from GAPS? Like I know that not everybody has terrible gut issues like, you know, like maybe like we have yeah. had. Um, 
But is it maybe something that you think people could benefit from having a diet similar to GAPS for a while or at least to, you know, to help them to become healthier and then change a bit? Or what do you think about that? Sure. Um, look, I don't think there's as such a thing as a panacea for anything. No. While I have a lot of faith in GAPS, obviously, because I've seen for myself the results mm-hmm. um, with, with so many people, um, no, I don't think it's for everyone. And yeah. I don't, like, for me, it's very much a matter of, um, and this is why I think it's really important to, um, to consult a practitioner if you can, mm. and considering GAPS to consult a GAPS certified practitioner. Yeah. Um, because even though they're certified GAPS practitioner, um, part of our, the criteria of, of doing the training is that you have um, a health background. Like yeah. in, in, so as a result, it's not like that's all they know. Yes. Uh, I would think. I mean, obviously I can only speak from my own experience. And in my own experience. Yeah, that's usually the case though, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. In my own experience, I just do a history and have a little you know, chat about, um, about the people's lives and things like that. And, and discuss with them what's involved and whether they think it's even doable. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of people, it, if it's not doable and the stress is too much, yeah, it's going to be going to, That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so we're, you know, and sometimes it'll be a matter of, yeah, gaps would be really great for you, but I think we need to go into it in a different way. Yes. Like we need to go eat. Slow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, no, I don't know that it's for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, well, not initially anyway. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think, um, I think one of your questions that you sent me was about whether it's for everyone, where you, whether you have symptoms or not, or yeah. the severity of symptoms. Mm. And I think that um, people who are doing okay, um, and, and the thing is our level of okay keeps changing as time That's goes true. on, putting up with, with more and making it like a new normal, mm-hmm. and it probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But on the whole, I mean, it doesn't hurt for those people who aren't, haven't got severe symptoms and whatever to do something like, you know, just um, a couple of times a year, some sort of a really um, just being conscious of what they're eating and eating um, good quality food. And, you know, um, I, I've devised a recalibration system, I call it. Oh, that's a good that, idea. Yeah. And um, so people can just recalibrate. And sometimes we use the recalibration system to ease into gaps as well. That's a good um, idea, yeah. The recal system um, that I created removes all the food triggers and, and things like that, whether people think they have a problem with it or not. Mm. And when we reintroduce it, um, and I never do it for very long, never for more than a month, yeah. uh, then when we start to reintroduce food, we start to see things that um, that that it become a bit more glaring. Yeah. And there, it might be an idea to do like maybe full full gaps. And someone else asked the question about can you start with full gaps first yeah. and I do that a lot. Yeah, that's what so, we did. Yeah, yeah, mm. because especially um, if, if a lot of this is very new to you, mm-hmm. um, it's good to start with full and get accustomed to gapsy type food and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And then, and also some healing occurs then and you start to feel a little bit better and you feel yeah. a little stronger and then you can deal with the intro better. Yeah, I think so. Um there was also someone who asked, now let me just see if I can find this question, um, if you don't think you could handle doing gaps because mm. it's all a bit too scary, um, you know, she called it wussy gaps, is it worth doing that or, or maybe do paleo or do something like that, would you still get a degree of healing doing that? Absolutely, you yeah. would. 
Um, you won't, it depends on the severity of your condition mm. um, as to how much of the healing you get. Mm. I love that wussy guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, even because again, your your um, one of the most important things, and one of the things I was asked recently in an interview about what I loved about gaps was that it makes you mindful. Yes, of, and that's exactly what we found. Yeah, yeah. it might, makes you mindful of, not only of the food you're eating and the effect it has on your body, mm-hmm. but it's the source of your food, yep. the way your food's grown, um, all those sorts of things that have sort of gone by the wayside now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's very easy to say to people, oh, you know, um, eat um, good quality meat and they, they're not sure what good quality meat is and they don't know that it means that, you know, um, cows that have been pastured 100% like mm. fed. You know, you go to restaurants and they're sort of yelling from the rooftops, oh, we've got great yeah. steak and they charge you a premium and they should be charging you less. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's – and so um, to do what you call wussy gaps, which is like, which would be <laughs> – Easing into it or to do paleo yeah. um, would, al- would also be making you mindful and would making you ease into it and, and has to do you some good when you're removing a lot of the known triggers. Um, and you'd and- be cutting out a lot of processed foods and oh, that's straight sure. away going to help. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I don't see, I mean, we, we can't be rigid in any of this and, and yeah. unfortunately nutrition has become a bit like a religion. Yes. yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. all these rules and doctrines and dogma and whatever. Yes. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and we can't have that. We just can't because we're all so different. Exactly. Um, you know, you can look at your own children, you can look at identical twins yeah. and they're different. So, yeah, so, no, I think that's. That's a fine fine to ease into. The only problem with it is if you've got severe um, symptoms, mm. um, you're not going to get a, a really good level of healing. Yeah, and the thing is too, if people sort of do it kind of, sort of, yeah. um, you can't really say, well, that didn't work, so GAPS doesn't work. <laughs> exactly. Because so you probably two, do you get that. Well, there's two really good um, um, points there. One is um, kind of, sort of is... Um, Someone did ask about, you know, what about if I had to go to a wedding or something mm. and I'm doing intro. Um, in intro, you actually have to completely stop all yeah. social stuff. It's just, it just is. You just, um, have we, to. you just do. When we were doing it, we do gap support groups um, in Sydney, mm-hmm. and um, there's a couple of us practitioners who um, hold it together. And uh, we, when we were doing, when we were preparing the groups for intro, we would just say to them, everything stops now. And so the best time to start intro in Australia is Boxing Day ah. because the children are off school. That's true. And um, so it's, it's, you, you've got them to yourself, yeah. uh, presuming that you, you don't have to race back to work in January or whatever. Yeah. Um, but one of our mums who had really great um, results, she for a whole year just didn't let her little one who, who was about six, so like staying in school and, you know, at that age mm. you get invited to every child's birthday yes. party. yeah. And the birthday parties were at McDonald's and things like that. Yeah. And for that year, the child just didn't go to any birthday parties. Yeah. But, you know, this today, three years on, that child is just amazing. And the mother doesn't regret it at all. The child doesn't regret it. He probably hardly remembers it. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. She feels so great and she looks just the picture of health. Yes, so when we um, started our month of intro, it was about a month, we just waited until we didn't have things on and just made sure that we stayed home. I think it it was a little bit easier for us because we homeschool. Right. So we can, you know, eat soup and stew all day and it's not a big deal. But 
Yeah, if you definitely if you're going to school, you kind of have to start on the Christmas holidays, really. Yeah. Um, but but what people could do is obviously to start the full gaps until they're ready to start the intro. Yeah, absolutely. So they are getting that. Now the only thing is though, um, when someone's having, when someone has a child who is um, intolerant to amines and salicylates and mm -hmm. histamine reactions and all that, the full gaps is quite high in those things. Yep. So they may so, not be able to do that the same way. No. So so that's why it's very um, individualised and that's mm. why, again, when you have those sorts of issues, it is good to be yeah. uh, to be with a practitioner Definitely. who can guide you. Uh, I mean, there's there's some universal uh, guidelines, I guess, for, for those sorts of issues. Now, Dr. Natasha, when, when we were training, said basically she sort of felt that you, unless they were really debilitating uh, symptoms that you were having um, relating to those uh, in, um, sensitivities, that you sort of pushed through mm -hmm. um, because she felt that as the, the healing occurred, those should become less. And so, it is quite fast sometimes, the healing, isn't it? Sure, sure. And and that was just, just um, to tangent off a little bit, that was something else I wanted to say too when you said about if gaps didn't work. Mm -hmm. um, quite often people um, try and get through it too quickly. Yes. They don't, aren't on it for, too, for long enough. Yeah. Uh, and when you consider the sort of healing that has to be done for a lot of people, mm -hmm. it's not something you just do for a month or a couple of months. And no. uh, ideally it's, it's a two-year commitment. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to take two years. Some will take less and some will take more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yes, you, the healing can happen really quickly uh, and, and then, again, it, it might My take life. time. So the sort of universal guidelines, I guess, for those, and, and particularly histamine seems to be the biggest one. Yeah. Uh, and so for that, um, and, and, and it's interesting because it's a bit of a catch-22 because the the enterocytes along your gut lining are the ones that are producing the DIAO, which is the enzyme that, that reduces histamine. Mm -hmm. And so if you, so when you've got a, a unhealthy gut lining and you've got uh, unhealthy enterocytes and they're not going to be making that enzyme. So you want to be healing the gut, mm. but unfortunately to heal the gut, you need things that are high in histamine. Yeah. So you've got to do what you can to reduce the histamines. And so, the two foundational foods uh, on GAPS are, ga are the broth and the uh, fermented foods, mm -hmm. the fermented vegetables. So with the broths, and again, this is where there's a lot of confusion because it's wonderful that bone broth – so there's a universal term. Everyone's just saying bone broth. Yeah. Um, and it's become popular and all of that, and it's dump a bunch of bones in some water and boil, the, boil it to smithereens, right, <laughs> And until um, there's sort of nothing left. and yeah. While that's healing, it's a very advanced food in gas. Yeah. Uh, it's also a very advanced food for sick people. Like for um, I, when I deal with people with cancer and things like that, everyone's like, oh, bone broth. And I'm like, no, no, no. Ah. It, if you've got a fragile system, it's actually very, uh, it's too much. Okay. So, um, so, and so Dr. Natasha and a lot of people call it stocks and broth, but I find that still is confusing. Yeah. So my clients, we from the very beginning talk about stew okay. and broth. Yep. Because if you think of, so, and the reason we do it is because what she calls a stock, which I call a stew, yes. basically um, cooking a joint of meat as opposed to bo bones. Yep. So it's, it's meat, be it a whole chicken or lamb shanks or whatever, on the bone, mm -hmm. uh, knuckly bone, um, yep. preferably, and uh, 
and you, you cover that with the water and you bring it to boil and then you simmer it only for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And that reduces the histamine. So anything that's cooked for a long time increases the histamines. Yeah. So the slower the cooking, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the quicker the cooking, the better. Okay. Uh, and so you would start with that. And that's why I call it a stew because okay. basically it's meat on it and, and whatever. Yeah. And then you can eat that meat too and, and you've got the liquid as well. It's the so other thing that's... Yeah, the other thing that's tricky with it too is that, you know, it's when, when you do GATS, you feel like, and you've probably discovered this, you feel like you are always in the kitchen. Yeah. You are always cooking, <laughs> always washing up, and you just, you know. Yeah. And so that's why it's great if you can do great big batch cooking. The problem yeah. being that the longer a food is kept, a protein food is kept, the higher the histamine. Histamines, yeah. So you really need to be cooking food fresh every day. Yeah. And that, so on the one hand, it's it's not so bad if you're only doing a, a two-hour simmer of, of chicken or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's manageable. Uh, but on the other hand, it's still a bit of a burden. I mean, you can what you can do is freeze it immediately. Yeah. So and then uh, and then that's okay. It's just that when you let it sit, uh, then the histamines start to accumulate. Yeah. Um, my little trick there is to I usually um, start like start something at breakfast time that has generally a bit of meat and veggies and broth yep. and egg and everything or maybe just stew because it's just the meat and veggies and the yep. water. Um, and then as soon as I finish with breakfast and the kitchen's cleaned up, I straight away put on something to simmer for lunch. Right. And that'll be maybe three hours. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I've sort of worked that into my – but I'm at home mostly. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot more difficult for those who – go to work, I think, guess you'd really have to rely on the slow cooker a lot more or some frozen meals, like you said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and see, the problem with the slow cooker is that you don't want it too long. That's right. So, yeah, so, I mean, it's great you could get around it that way and, as you say, because you're at home, but it does pose problems. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but, but really uh, uh, what I recommend is that people do the freezing straight away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the thing with gaps or with anything really where you're going to start eating in a healthy way away from the way we've been used to eating in the last 30 years mm. is preparation because the last 30 years we've gone away from preparation. We've That's gone right. to an instant and open a packet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, our grandparents didn't do that. They started from scratch. That's right. But it takes time. You have to be prepared. That's all there is to it. I can't, yeah. I can't offer a short – I'd be a millionaire if I could offer some yeah. <laughs> solution. And it's – I guess when you're desperate enough, you do it, you find the time. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a hard one too because some of the parents I'm uh, or families I'm working with, you know, both mum and dad are working two jobs. Wow. Yeah, and they've got more than, like they've got like three or four children and sometimes three of them are having like on the spectrum somehow or got some oh, sort of wow. tolerances. Yeah, so there's some really challenged people and that's why, you know, um, that's the other reason why having someone who, uh, like, who's used to it, can slowly I pick up little tips and things like that mm-hmm. from either from other parents or other clients and whatever, or devise it myself by accident or read mm-hmm. something, and then you sort of are able to give people tips to help them along. But yeah. sometimes you have to make a few allowances as well. Yeah. Mm, so. um, yeah. I always tell people one of the best things I did was hire a young young girl to come and start helping me in the kitchen just sure. a couple of hours here and there to chop veggies and even 
I'd pay my own kids sometimes to chop veggies for me because that just takes so much time and the dishes. It does, Um, And, like, even if you can get a 13-year-old to come and do some chopping for 10 bucks an hour, I think it's worth it. (laughs) And, and look, it doesn't hurt the children either. You know, we put children back in the kitchen these days. That's right. That's right. I mean, my my younger kids, I I must admit, my younger ones, I pay a bit less than that, but they're happy. (laughs) They get to eat the food too. (laughs) And they're more interested in it when they've helped cook They are. They really are. Yeah. Um, So... With the fermented foods, that's yes. another one that we haven't gone into with the histamines. Yep. Would you just recommend starting off really, really slowly with that and that helps? Or Okay. Well, with the uh, fermented foods, I know it's it's been great for everyone that there's heaps on the market, mm-hmm. but the problem is that they uh, on the whole, uh, then they haven't been, for someone with histamine issues, um, they haven't been fermented long enough. Mm-hmm. So when you have histamine issues with fermented foods, you want to... Uh, ferment them for at least two weeks out and then you probably even want to put them in the fridge and leave them for a little bit longer to continue on in there. Like sometimes when I say a bit longer, it's it's at least another two weeks if not longer. I love the Kehoe's Kitchen ones. They're fermented for eight weeks. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that that's great. Uh, mm. And so from there you would then uh, you, you might, both with broth and with fermented foods, you might be starting with a droplet of the juice at the time or a drop of the the broth at the t- at a time, yeah, and having to increase it that way. Yeah. Uh, but it is important to do it, like mm. to to at least try drop dosing, yeah. uh, because and then slowly you move to like one shred of the vegetables or yeah. um, another t- a teaspoon of the broth and and or, or cooking in the broth, um, the vegetables, you know, and yeah. things like that, your yeah, eggs, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and build up that way. But yeah, for those two things. It's the, the, the slow simmer time, um, slow and quicker uh, simmer time for the broth and it's the longer ferment for the vegetables. Okay. Yeah. So basically if you find your child or yourself reacting to the, the food, you need to take it right back. Absolutely, right yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, well, no, no, no. Actually, it depends on, on how bad the reaction was and okay. I know there were a few questions about that mm. and really tricky to know the difference between whether you're reacting or you're detoxing Uh, and to be honest all of gaps uh you know to be honest it's not even gaps it's it's a lot of my work other than the gaps too there's a lot of trial and error because again and i'll probably you know drive everyone mad saying it all the time but we're all so different yeah you know everyone is going to react differently there is there's there's no magic formula that's Mm. suit everyone so it it so and so where the intolerances and the detox occurs um after many years now I'm starting to be able to tell the difference mm-hmm. uh from with people but ev- but even then sometimes I'm wrong but um it's one of those things where the best thing you can do is pull back mm-hmm. not right back necessarily yeah depending on how bad the reaction is but pull back a little bit and then go back in again a little bit later okay. and um, see how you go. So if, if you can pull back a little bit as in you just reduce the amount of whatever the food was uh, and see what happens. But if it's if it's still too strong, then maybe remove it and then bring it back again. Yeah. Back. So if, um, if someone's I, – I just had one of the questions, a good friend of mine actually, she's been really struggling with the histamine um, adult lady um, and – She's been struggling with her health for years and it's been a slow, slow progress on the gaps. 
Um, and she's been told that she probably should stop and get testing done right. before she does GAPS. Do you want to just mention anything about that kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. So one thing I want to make clear is like all practitioners are going to be different. We're all going mm. to come things, be it to do with gaps or, or anything really, and I guess it's in any profession really, yeah, we're all going is, to approach yeah. things in, in different ways and according to our own experience and our own beliefs and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, on the um, be it to do with the testing or to do with anything really, you can find these days on the internet evidence for any side of an argument. Yeah, that's so right. It's really <laughs> going to be a matter of weighing it all up, reading it yourself, talking to people, and then you just have to make the decision that feels right for you. Yeah. Um, but where testing is concerned, I'm known pretty much as a non-supplement, non-testing person initially. Yeah. So, um, and there's a number of reasons for that. One of them is, especially where testing is concerned, is that, well, A, I'm always conscious about cost. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people that are, are, are conscious themselves, they've you know, got a very limited budget. Yeah, and it's expensive. It is really expensive. And especially when you've got more than one person in the family mm -hmm. who's needing the, the testing. The other thing I find is that uh, testing can sometimes narrow your focus mm -hmm. and then you get either you as a practitioner or you as a client get obsessed with, with one element of the testing that came that, that, that shown, showed a problem. Mm -hmm. And you, I'm very much into looking at the whole body. Mm -hmm. uh, something doesn't happen in one area um, in one one body system that and the rest of the body system doesn't have uh, the rest of the body and the other systems don't have some sort of impact on it. Mm. So you have to look as at a whole as at the person and at at the issues as a whole. Yeah. So when and I think often what happens is people you know they'll they'll talk about certain numbers that have come from their their results and they almost wear it like a badge and mm. that's all about that. I mean, even with histamine, it, it often happens that it's it's all about, oh, I'm histamine tolerant, but we need to look a bit broader mm. uh, at, at why that's happened and all the other issues that contribute to it as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I tend to get people started and then, uh, on the whole, get people started and then uh, down the track we look at, so it might be a few weeks, a month down the track, we'll look at where we're at and then, and then I might say, you know, it, you could benefit from this testing because this is this isn't making sense to me, or this is testing, or or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then we might look at at some sort of testing. But and so the other thing too with testing is um, at the beginning is that often once you've started on whatever the protocol is, be it gaps or whatever, you do start to heal, and those there's the the symptoms aren't there anymore. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, the testing. That's right. Or the testing showed something, but you you fixed it now anyway. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did to me. Right. <laughs> um, I have also had a question um, whether it's doable um, to do gaps if you're vegetarian. <laughs> Is there a way? Is Short there... answer, no, really. Okay. Um, you really need the broths, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the foundational food. Um, that's a healing food for the gut. Now, again, there's, you're going to find on the internet loads of people saying, oh, you don't need to do gaps to heal. And, hey, I, I don't know. You, maybe you can't. This makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is going on my experience and my beliefs, and it makes sense to me that what's in, in the broths is very healing yeah. and for the gut and the gut lining. And for and it, so as a result, there, there's, if you can't do the broths, then... You're not really doing gaps. Yeah. 
So you can do some healing thing, I'm sure. I haven't yeah. done it, but um, but you're not doing gaps. And, yeah. and I don't know. That's, okay. I yep. guess that's it. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> um, and if we could just talk about the die-off stage a little bit, mm-hmm. um, how do you know, like we did mention a little bit about sometimes it's hard to know whether it's a um, histamine reaction or whatever or it's just the die-off. Yeah. Um, how do you know when it's die-off or an intolerance? You don't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, One of the things you said then too was the die-off stage. Uh, So there's not necessarily... It's always always dying off? (laughs) Yeah. No, some people experience it at all or experience it very mildly. It was pretty mild for us a couple of days. Yeah, and unfortunately, but you hear... So it's good that you tell people that because Mm. unfortunately most people hear the horror stories. Okay. And uh, probably the most common thing that happens reasonably consistently I guess is in the first couple of days especially with little ones um they might vomit a lot oh we didn't have any of that right and and that's scary for parents and they worry and and that sort of thing but by day three uh, and and with that we just try and keep their fluids up even if it's only water Um, and by day three they they're usually clicking over Wow, and that's scary though wouldn't it it is it is especially for little ones but um, no, we just had the like fluey symptoms, achy, yeah. exhausted, headachey, and a bit of diarrhea. The one thing that I have to say is really hysterical and it sounds terrible <laughs> when we come back from the uh, after we've prepared the parents and they've, they've done it over Christmas, yeah. and we don't come back to February because we don't do January one. And the the one common thing that they all talk about was how fabulous was it in the first couple of weeks when the children had no energy. Oh. <laughs> Because it was just like, you know, that most of the time these children are so hyper and, yeah. and so on and then all of a sudden these parents are like, oh, they were just wanting to sit around and watch videos and they just sleep. so nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they all, it was really lovely. It's always lovely in those support groups because they, uh, you know, if you say that in public, it sounds mm. horrible. It sound, yeah, yeah. But when you understand just yeah. how. How, what a relief that is actually for you to have a bit of a break because you're not being pulled at yes. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and then they get to like two weeks or well, with ours it was we got to about two weeks and then it was like energy. <laughs> and eating like a horse. Yes. Like just, you cannot get Crazy. into them because the body's suddenly getting nutrients yeah. that it hasn't had in so long. Well, here's Probably, a- that's a sign of, of some healing occurring. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah. Here's a question from me. <laughs> I have this 16-year-old boy who's still, at, we've been doing this for a year and he never stops eating. Is that just 16-year-old boys? <laughs> yeah, my 22-year-old's still eating. Like, oh, no, don't tell me that. <laughs> oh, it's just copious amounts, you know. But it's, just... it's like if I don't have pretty much a meal for him yeah. every, you know, yeah. three hours, yeah. he thinks his throat's been cut. He's like, Mum, I can't just eat bananas and nuts. <laughs> Um, Mind well, you, he will eat six fat, bananas I, I if I let him. Fat in there. Pardon? I presume you're putting enough fat in there. Yeah, and I do tell him constantly he needs to eat more avocado and he needs to have – he's not really – he doesn't really like a lot of fat and I think that's part of his problem. I keep telling him that, that and he that's needs my to add fat. And that's my son too. Okay. Yeah. He <laughs> says, fat makes me feel sick. Like if I make yeah. this lovely – Pork, uh, we love making pork belly that just, yeah. you know, falls apart. Yeah. Not crispy skin, but, you know, just simmered yeah. and simmered and yeah. simmered. It's just beautiful. He'll pull all the fat off. Yep. Yeah. My son too. You know what uh, might be an idea just to try is maybe give him some um, enzymes. 
Okay, yeah, the bile. See, that helps with the um, the, the fat digestion. And you don't need to be on those forever. Sometimes yeah. it's just to help uh, help the gallbladder and whatever to produce what it needs to to digest the fat. Uh, and I think some people are just prone. Like, I think, like I think he's just got this thing in his head about it now because it yes. it did make. I don't know if it still makes him feel sick or not, but it's just like fat. I've got to take yes. it all off. You know, that's right. No, my son's exactly the same. Oh. Uh, and he's always been like that, and we, you know, we're a fat-loving family. Yeah. Well, the rest of us, anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's he still will cut the fat off meat and um, won't doesn't like to have butter on his on toe on yep. anything, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's I I and I, and there are a few people like that, and so I don't know if it's more a physiological thing or a psychological thing. Mm. Uh. Yeah. He's also um very thin and worries about not gaining weight and he's always wanting to gain weight right um yeah and then you you know he's not it's not that he's lost weight on gaps he's just grown so tall and I keep telling him you're growing up that's why that's so then that's part of the problem too like Mm. when you have especially for teenage boys because they all do want to be a bit muscly yes uh and so and when they are having these growth spurts then they do become quite lanky yes. and they're sort of fighting this this battle of, well, it's good that you're growing, but um, you have to just go with that while mm-hmm. while that's happening. I mean, it's just something you it's sort of swimming up against the, the tide really by trying to, uh, to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, if you have any suggestions for foods I should add, I'm probably doing them all though. <laughs> Yeah, and it probably is. See, that's the other thing too that we all, we all, but our children especially, but even as adults, we do go through phases. Mm. And I don't know if you found yourself. I know for me, I found you know there are some just some days where I, I'm ravenous, and there are other days yeah. I'm not. Probably hormonal and yep. and all sorts of things, um, stress and whatever that have an impact. Yeah. But uh, teenagers, especially, I mean, their body's trying to reach a new state of equilibrium. It's in total flux yeah. with whole hormonal storm going on yeah and so it it you know we we sort of have to just keep nurturing and nurturing it and realizing that it's just going to keep fluctuating until it it reaches Mm. um equilibrium and when it does who knows because you know today we've got children starting puberty like little girls at the age of eight um and and then others not starting till 15 and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so or, or 18 even and, and that sort of thing so it's mm. so variable and it can it can be quick it can be a quick transition or it can just go for years and years wow. and we just have to sort of go with it and keep listening to our bodies and it's so important to teach our children too yeah, because we've all so. forgotten how yeah. and we do and that's what what I said I love I love about gaps and and any of this conscious eating mm. is we get in touch with our body and how it reacts to things. Yeah. So, yeah. Should I worry about him wanting to eat so much meat because he's such a meat lover? He just wants savoury all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, these two, your son sounds like... (laughs) Like Um, I do, I give him heaps of veggies and he loves sauerkraut, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think especially for boys, I don't seriously think the... Like I'm not... I'm not the sort who says, oh, we all have to eat meat every day and, and that sort of thing. But I think for growing boys, I don't think it's a problem, especially if you are balancing it out. So you'd be buying good quality meat. Yeah. Uh, meat oh, yeah. It's all good. And up the street by a friend organically. Beautiful. <laughs> and on top of that, you're balancing it out with all the veggies and things too. Yeah. So you're getting the, the problem that um, with the whole eating too much meat thing is that we got into a habit of only eating muscle meat. Yeah. 
and not eating the whole. Like nature gives us everything yeah. as a whole and we mm -hmm. go and separate it. So when you're having muscle meat, so that's things like your steaks and things, mm -hmm. usually lean with the fat off it. Yeah. You, you're not having it whole like nature gave it to us. And when you have the fat on it as well, you're, um, that, that complements yeah. the muscle meat so, yeah. or, or the red meat. So, um, so I'm sure he's having those sorts of cuts. Yeah. But on top of that, you complement it further by having lots of vegetables that are cooking, cooked in fat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I'd say that it's, it's, it, it wouldn't be a problem for him. And if, he, if he's got energy and he's not got sort of any issues like that are uh, getting in the way of him enjoying life, then mm. I think it's okay. Yeah. Okay. And now the opposite question, which I have been asked is, I gained so much weight on GAPS. We didn't, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, some people yeah. reckon that they have an intro. Yeah. Is that a usual thing? Is that yeah, common? Yeah, very usual and, okay. um, and normal. And, well, when I say normal, some, some will just lose so much weight and be so worried that they're skin and bone. Yeah. My, my son, my other son lost weight at first and then put yeah. it back on. Yeah. So, again, the body's um, re reaching a state of equilibrium. So if you're on GAPS, you're on GAPS because you've got health issues. Yeah. Your body's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And when your body's not healthy, it basically means that nutrients haven't been getting into, the, into your cells yeah. um, or where, where they're needed. Mm -hmm. And so when you go on GAPS and you start doing some healing, the nutrients are able to be distributed and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so but the, while the body's getting itself sorted out, it will react in different ways, and we've also got predispositions to things as well. Yeah. But um, I think the person who said it that was on intro in like the first week, well, absolutely. Yeah. You know, okay. that's sort of not, not even an indication. Like, it, I, I would start looking and, 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 and maybe ch like trying to devise something if the person was a number of months down the track and was okay. gaining a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. um, but, and also, we have to remember is we have a really dis. Um, these days, like 2015, mm -hmm. we have a really odd uh, idea of what a healthy yes. woman's body looks like. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not a terribly fertile body. It's not a terribly healthy body. It's not got a lot of fat on it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that's the other thing too. Often I'll get women who will say, oh, but look at all the weight I've put on and they actually look quite – and, you know, I think mm -hmm. social media has a lot to I, – I see some photos of before and afters and I think – what was wrong with it before? That looks much healthier. Yeah. So uh, that comes into it too. But no, absolutely. At the beginning of gaps, you will either put on weight or lose a lot of weight. But it will I'm balance worried out. about the ones who lose a lot of weight only from an immune point of view of mm. getting sick, like catching things going around. Yeah. The ones putting on weight doesn't really bother me until it's a few months down the track. And I know it bothers them. They're like, oh, it's okay. It doesn't bother you. <laughs> <laughs> But it is something that, you know, your body's just readjusting and trying to reach a new state of equilibrium, like the homeostasis, that whole balance. Yeah. yeah. For those who have family and friends who are not really understanding gaps yeah, um, and they want to know, well, why can't you have starch? Why can't you have soy? Yeah. You know, why can't you have dairy? Do you have some... I know that if they read the book, they can give the answers to those things pretty well, but... Um, what did you do when you first started with this? Did you get that kind of thing? Uh, not really because I was always seen as a bit of a... Wacky anyway. <laughs> Me too. Like quirky. <laughs> quirky, that's a good word. It's, it's like um, wacky in the nicest possible way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was always the shlinies on some new wave thing. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, uh, and I think that it's just, 
I, and I, I hear this a lot, be it, be it to do with gaps or just to, when, when people start to realise that the way we've been used to eating over the last 30 years is probably not a great way to eat mm. um, and they start being a bit more conscious about what they're eating. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes we can get a bit too dogmatic mm. and a bit too evangelical um, about it and that can be off-putting as well. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's better to just approach it as not making a big deal about it to people outside, like to mm. others, um, and just if, if questions come up or if you have to attend family gatherings and things where you have to take your own food, it's just we're just try, trialling a new, um, try, trialling something because we're not sure if, if certain foods are causing so-and-so a problem. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, who is really... A, Anyone who has a problem with that, I think they have a problem. Yeah, really. I mean, that's right. All you're doing is trying. So you're not saying, oh, no, we're not eating such and such because it's so yeah, bad. That's right. You're just saying, oh, we're just trialing something because, you know, we, we just thought maybe um, or I read something or the doctor said or whatever mm. that it might be causing these issues that he's, he or she has been having or, yeah. you know. I also and, found it was good to focus on what you can have because I yeah. think um, people will say, well, what can I make you? You can't, you know. Yeah. You know what can't you have? I say, look, just don't even worry about what I can't have. Just do yes. meat and veggies. Do a yep. roast with veggies. Do yep. steak and salad. Do yep. you know whatever stage you're up to? Yeah. Tell them it's really simple. You just do a yep. roast and veggies. It's easy. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, all you're doing is just eating food, right? Yeah. Just eating meat, fruit, vegetables, whatever. So I don't. And know. I'll bring dessert. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why you know yeah. people. And and really, it's not bothering them. Like, I no, mean, it's exactly. Them, Shouldn't so. bother them. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Um, when do you suggest people bring raw cacao in, or do you Ooh. think it's not a great thing? No, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Okay. Huh? Good. <laughs> so tell, tell it, me. It's a very individual sort of thing. Uh -huh. I'm not um, a raw. I'm on the whole. I'm not a huge fan of raw. Full stop. Only yeah. because I've started to see uh, an increase over the last few years. Uh, an incremental increase, or actually it's not even incremental, it's been quite rapid, of women who are having a lot of uh, health issues as a result of that. Yeah, um, raw, that yeah, and where raw cacao is concerned, well, the thing is that, that it, it it's not even raw anyway. No, not really. <laughs> so, you know, um, but on top of that, it never, even traditionally, it, the, the traditional people never, ever, um, the Mayans and whatever, um, they uh, didn't eat it raw either. They always fermented it and dried it and roasted it and, and all of that too. And there's a good reason for it. It's a good reason why traditional people always fermented their, I mean, um, soaked their nuts and seeds and flowers and things like that too. Mm. So, yeah, I think, and, and again with the cacao, I've seen a lot of people react with um, jittery things with skin issues, jittery issues, skin issues, uh, just different things like that. And because it's come under the superfood banner, I find that mm. as soon as something comes under a superfood banner, uh, people stop of it. Thinking, well, you can, but people <laughs> think that that could possibly be the cause because it's a superfood. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and yet, you know, I have people with issues with quinoa, yeah. with um, goji berries. My with, daughter can't handle chia. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. So that, you know, people see them as these miracle things and they eat copious amounts of them. Mm. So it could be the copious amounts that is a problem because we're not meant to eat loads of anything yeah. or drink loads of anything, including water. Um, and similarly, um, so it's, they, it could be that they're eating lots of it or it could just be that they just can't tolerate it. Yeah. 
So, yeah. so if they do have any cocoa or yep. chocolate or anything, what would you suggest and when? Um, you well, not at all? Well, do you have no chocolate? Are you chocolate free? No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Oh, good. I feel relieved. <laughs> and, and I don't even, to be honest, like homemade chocolate because I don't like that coconut oil sort of. Oh, I don't like, like coconut oil. I like, no. I like the cacao butter. Yes, yeah. So, um, no, no, no. Obviously, you're not having any of that. In, if we're, we're talking gaps, you're, you won't be having it until further down the track anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, as far as in general, I, hey, I have no problem with chocolate. There's so many beautiful chocolates on the market now if you're not making your own mm -hmm. that are just uh, – natural ingredients you yeah. know i mean i'm not a fan of agave but i like the ones that have uh, uh what's the, i like like i don't know if you if i can say brands but there's oh, yeah, like you can. Uh, alter ego chocolo yeah. those sorts of ones i really like mm -hmm. um, so yeah and they're just they're just the cocoa and the cocoa butter and the sugar and and that's it really and in your baking when you do when you make anything chocolate what do you use for cocoa, I use cocoa powder just um, like what kind? Cocoa powder, um, the uh, Dutch, Dutch Dutch one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just get it from honest goodness, a bag of that, and yeah, use that. Okay, that's interesting. Or it's like pure chocolate, like like melted a bar of one of those chocolates, yeah. normally Chocolo or one of those. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, now I'm just trying to think what else we've got. Maybe ten minutes at the most. Okay. <laughs> Can you think of anything you really want to talk about? Um. Oh God! Shall this... I go through a few more of these questions? Yeah, I'm just having a look through the questions too. Um, I think you were saying before about the um, starch. Why no starch mm. and that sort of thing? And that's, I mean, GAPS is really based on not having the starches yeah. and the disaccharides. And the reason for that is that they're just problematic for the gut. So the reason you're doing it is because you've got an imbalance of bacteria or organisms in your gut. Because yeah. you know we hear this. It's a bit like the cholesterol thing. We hear about good and bad cholesterol, but there is no such thing. There's just yeah, there's just one molecule of cholesterol. Yeah. Um, and similarly with the organisms in our gut, there are some that are going to cause problems when there there's too many of them. Mm, yeah. Uh, so as so what we and most people when they've got an issue, which is why they're looking at gaps, it's because they've got that imbalance where they don't have enough beneficial. Yeah. And so um, so we want so. One of the things I did learn when we were doing gut health when I was um, studying nutrition was about this weed, seed and feed um, concept. And basically that's what GAPS is. So you're weeding out the um, – well, by weeding out, you're starving the bacteria that you don't want as much of mm -hmm. and then you're feeding the ones that you want more of, the beneficial mm -hmm. bacteria or organisms because not only bacteria, it's viruses, fungi, all sorts of okay. things, yeast. And then your um, weed seed. Oh, so you're seeding. So you're putting the more good um, of those organisms in through things like fermented foods and things. And then you're feeding them. So yeah. you could be feeding the good, so-called good guys, or the ones that you want higher, like mm. more of, yeah. with um, good quality foods and things like that. Now the ones, the guys that aren't, we don't want as many of. They love things like starches and the disaccharides. Mm. So, um, well, so as a result, we keep we and it also uh those enterocytes have the enzymes that that deal with those those foods and so if your gut lining isn't healthy you don't have the enterocytes to pr produce what you need mm. to digest those things as well so yeah. they're sitting in your gut and they're fermenting and that's just the ideal food for the sorts of bacteria that we don't or the sorts of organisms we don't want proliferating yeah so yeah okay 
um, we didn't talk about probiotics. Maybe you could right. give us a little bit of a yeah idea on what's good. I know that there's so many different types, and people need to probably you know check yeah. what they should be having. But is there some basic guidelines? Sure. Well, with the um, so that that's sort of important to to do with the histamine thing as well. Okay. Because there are some well, not only histamine to do with dairy issues, to do with gluten issues and whatever. Mm. Because with the um, the probiotics, there's, I mean, you've got so many different strains. Mm. When I started this all those years ago, um, and they first started talking about the microbiome, they were talking about a thousand different bacteria or species mm-hmm. now they're talking about six thousand wow so we're constantly learning about more yeah. and and what their role is and what they're good for in amazing isn't it oh yeah and and you know that's just going to continue and grow and grow yeah. so uh so you want so the beauty with the fermented foods is that they have uh, a broad spectrum so what you're looking for is a broad spectrum of probiotics like mm. as many different types as you can yeah. which is really hard to do in a supplement i think yeah. at the moment the most you can get is 11 uh, and yeah and the other thing you want to is the you might have seen the cfu factor which is or it'll say so many um thousands or billions of yeah. bacteria of, yeah. a, of a particular strain so you want as high as possible yeah and one of the reasons you want that when you're um, taking a supplement is because the supplement has to go through your stomach where it's, there's hydrochloric acid. Mm. So a lot of it's going to be killed off. Not a lot, but some of some it. Of we it, yeah. don't know how much. Um, so, and then you sort of you then need to get it to your gut. Mm. It's job. So that's the other uh, issue too. So you want to be looking. The um, again, there's there's one that I like the best, and it's um, Gut Pro. Okay. That one uh, tends to have dealt with all the problems to do with histamine, to do with delactate, to do with gluten, to do with dairy, all of those sorts of things. Wow. Um, I get it. Uh, and you were even talking about the fermented vegetables that have been done long enough. The one in Sydney, though, I think she's all over Australia, is uh, Kitsa. Kitsa, yeah. Yeah, and so she's got the Gut Pro as well. Okay. She's got the fermented vegetables. And mm-hmm. someone else did ask about all the supplements and things, and yeah. she does everything GAPS. Okay, so, so you can get that from Kitsa. Yeah. Is it Kitsa's Kitchen? Kitsa's Kitchen. Oh, yeah. And it's opened a shop, Emporia Organica, for this. That's, that's what it is, Emporia yeah. Organica. So, I'll put uh, the link at the bottom. Hopefully I'll yeah. remember that because um, she sent me some collagen um, right, recently. proteins? Yes. Yeah, because that Body one um, is, is really – and we've actually – I've actually noticed a difference and so have some clients in using it from the, the other one that more people use, um, yeah. <laughs> which we now – I don't know. I mean, it does matter. It's Great Lakes. And it's, it, it served its purpose, but they just can't guarantee that it's always 100% pastured. That's the problem yeah. with it. Okay. And so um, the vital – protein says they can yep. uh, but I do know a few people have said that they've noticed a difference in energy levels and and things like that from switching over to the vital proteins I don't I don't take any money from anyone yeah else. I know I know no it's good I talk about brands and things because people want to know that they want to know where to get it yep. how much does it cost what do yep. I get it's yep. so confusing well talking about the cost with the gut pro I will say it is very expensive but you literally use like it even you even get these spoons um, that are that the gut pro put out that and on the you know how normally with your measuring spoons you have a tablespoon a teaspoon mm-hmm. whatever these ones come as a smidge a dash, dash <laughs> a pinch they're tiny and okay. one 
bottle would last you like a year. So it's oh, like okay, so they're worth okay. Yeah, yeah. With the collagen, can I just ask you how you recommend using that? Okay, so so you know you've got the two types. You've mm. got the dissolving and you've got the the um, gelling which one. Which one's which? Green and blue. I I never uh, can remember. Uh, the, the in the vital proteins, uh, it's the opposite. I'm pretty sure. Don't okay. quote, but I'm pretty sure that because in the Great Lakes, the green was the dissolving, mm -hmm. but in the vital proteins, the blue is. The That's dissolving. right. Because I used it. Because I I read and read the um the containers and I couldn't figure it out. It didn't really yeah. explain, and so I stuck. I think mustard them in the blue one in some jelly and it didn't gel. I'm like, ah, yeah. wrong yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, Dr. Natasha, and, and the other thing I have to say with GAPS 2 over the years since I've been doing it and then since I've been trained and now is the goalposts have changed a little bit. Okay. They seem to be moving a bit and I don't really know what that's about but I tend to stick to the original and the best sort of as far as I'm concerned <laughs> of the way things used to be. But I knew, know that she did say when we were trained that she preferred uh, she felt that the um, non-setting one wasn't as good because of the pro it was a bit more processed. Oh. Um, but what's odd about that is that we often recommend the non-setting one for people who have sensitive systems. Okay. Because it has been broken down more, but you had to do more processing to break it down more. Yeah. Um, so it's so one if they're that starting off with major reactions they have a tiny bit of that one instead of the other one at first yeah, well I don't know because it's really tricky and that's why with my clients I tend to give them just to try I just instead of them having to go and buy it yeah give them a little bit to try mm. and say make some jelly and make and then and then use the other one like to mix in whatever and uh, do it like a couple of weeks apart and see how you feel yeah so yeah um, again, it's that whole individual thing. I know that's so unhelpful for people, but I can't. Well, that's, and that's the thing, like you said at the start, um, you learn to figure out what's happening when you have certain food. You, you learn to notice a lot more, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. And to people who haven't done a diet like this where you are really getting right back to the basics and sort of almost starting over, like baby food almost, yeah. um, they'll be just like, what? Because everything's just bombarding you at once and you can't yeah. figure out what's what. Yeah. But, yeah, when you really simplify, it's amazing how you can tell what's what's doing every little tiny thing. Absolutely. And that's why it's great. Like, And that's why I did the recall, but also when you do gaps is, when, you know, you were saying people say, well, what can you eat? Mm. And sometimes actually, and I think the amount of choice we have this day these days, I think it does our head in yeah. and you're quite overwhelmed. Yes. So there's something a little bit... Um, uh, liberating really about not being there able to have choice I've and been loving it yeah yeah so I think that that's that's not really a bad thing and no. and another thing I often tell my clients be it gaps or otherwise uh, when especially when it comes to feeding the family and the headache of thinking about what to cook and whatever mm. there was nothing wrong back in the day where do you, I don't know if you remember um, it used to be things like Monday was Rissol night Tuesday, yeah <laughs> like, like whatever and yeah. Friday was always fish and chips and there's nothing wrong with that no um, you've still got a variety of food. And what's so important is having a variety yeah. of food, colour, taste, texture. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, um, I think we have complicated things. I think oh, cooking shows have been fabulous, but they've made people feel really insecure. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Because people yeah. feel like every meal has to be this fancy thing with all sorts of 
you know, and I feel like that sometimes with my recipes on my blog. I feel like, yeah. oh, this I can't tell them what we just had for dinner. It's so plain. It's so simple. And now and then I, I just go, oh, well, we thought it was really delicious and I'll just yeah. put it on my blog. And those are the ones that people just share and share and rave on about. That was just the best Beautiful. meal. And I'm just like, really? I was almost embarrassed to put it up. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I put bangers and mash on the other night. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. And I'm no, just coming back to the, I, I'm just coming back to that more and more. That simplify your food, do the fancy stuff once now and then when your friends come over or whatever yeah. for a birthday, or but just simplify. It's so important. Oh, my husband tonight we had as I said roast pork, and we he said, um, "Oh, this cabbage is so good. What did you do? What's in it?" <laughs> and I said, uh, "Butter, salt, pepper." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when you've got really good fresh veggies, that's all you really need. Absolutely, yeah. And I think my kids' friends come over and they, they say, your vegetables taste amazing. I'm like, well, they're cooked in broth. Yeah. You know, it's like chicken yeah. broth or something. Like, and oh. and sometimes also it's just the fact that they are, that you, um, I'm not going to say organic, but pesticide-free, yeah, yeah. spray-free or whatever. And really fresh. Uh, and- that I, I know we have all these studies that it makes no difference, but, but for me, for a start, it has to make a difference that you haven't put chemical, like, mm. No chemicals all over it, but I, there is a difference in the taste. And also, they're often picked um, green when they're yeah. the chemical ones. I know I used to work yeah. on a farm, and yeah. we'd pick all the tomatoes when they were just barely getting a tinge of peach on the top, and then they get sure. gassed. And you know, they don't taste the same as those no. little farmers that do the real thing. Yeah, yeah, they just don't taste the same. Well, we better stop because we'll okay. we'll send everyone to sleep if we keep going. And you need to go have a break after your busy day. <laughs> yes, no, that's fine. Thank you so Enough much. With you, yeah, it's great. Um, we'll have to get you back again sometime. But um, you've been very helpful. And I'm oh, sure there's unending questions still probably popping up on my Facebook page. But yeah, if I if I'll, I get... I'll try and get over and visit, and if I can answer, oh good. Thank you. That would be awesome. Um, do you want to mention your websites? Anything that you've got uh, that well, people my can visit? Just being redone because I lost the whole thing. Oh no! So, wow. And oh, it coincided goodness. with um, with getting a new logo and whatever. Anyway, so that was fine. So, <laughs> but you can still go to the web. Like, go. There's a landing page there, and it'll take you to the Facebook page. So it's um, Live Alive L I V E A L I V E dot com dot au, okay. and that will take you to my. Um, Facebook page, it'll take you to my Instagram. Oh, um, I'm on Twitter and I'm now on Periscope. Woohoo! So am I, but I've never used it. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried a few, they've so been woeful. Oh. Uh, live HQ, so yeah, <laughs> there too. I'm, I'm trying to get the Periscope going a bit more and doing a few. Uh, I've got a few Gapsy type little um, oh, things to on it, but, uh, but everything I do there, I'll still do on the Facebook page, so that's yeah. fine. Once the website's up, there'll be loads of articles and things like that. Okay, that'll be excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you. And everybody, if you would like to pop over and have a look at Shalani's page, go and do that. And I'll put the links below on the um, Wellness Couch website. So that's www.thewellnesscouch.com backslash a quirky journey. And there are lots of other podcasts there that you can check out as well. And please come and visit on iTunes and give me a good rating. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you'll find lots of Um, podcasts on my channel about gaps but also just about healthy living healthy eating and lots of interesting stories like Shailani's and a lot of other mums that have just done amazing things because they wanted their kids to be healthy Mm -hmm. so thank you so much and we'll um, talk to you soon I hope 
My pleasure, and I'd love to. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.